I don't believe in issuing so-called trigger warnings. We're all adults here, after all. But I just want to let you know that today's subject matter is quite disturbing, as it concerns animals and nuclear testing. We're going to be looking at the American nuclear test from 1957 called Priscilla, where they experimented on hundreds of pigs, exposing them to the heat, blast and radiation. And yes, they used pigs because their skin has similar properties to human flesh. Before we begin that um, horrible topic, let me say hello to all our new listeners. I was on Radio 4 at the weekend and my podcast got a huge jump in new subscribers, so hello and welcome. On the radio I mainly talked about my synesthesia. Um, For those who don't know, that's a neurological quirk I have which has best been described as a fusing of the senses. And in my case, it means I can taste words. So we're looking today at the Priscilla test. And I can tell you that Priscilla tastes, uh, or in this case feels, like I'm crumpling lots of Christmas wrapping paper. But despite Priscilla producing such a festive, cheery feeling, the nuclear test was a nasty one. Now, arguably all nuclear tests are nasty, but this one, as mentioned, has become notorious for its animal testing. In fact, the whole series of which Priscilla was a part was controversial. Priscilla was just one test in a wider programme known as Plumbob. And the Plumbob tests ran from May through to October 1957, all at the Nevada test site. 29 bombs were detonated in total during Plum Bob. And that's unthinkable now, of course, isn't it? But yes, in the course of five months, the Americans detonated 29 nuclear bombs on their own soil. And Plum Bob, for various reasons, has gone down in history as hugely controversial. There is a lot to say about Plum Bob, but for today, let's zoom in on Priscilla and the pigs. it seems mad that America used to test nuclear bombs on its own soil. We've all seen those photos from Las Vegas in the 50s where tourists could watch the distant mushroom clouds from their hotel window or sun lounger by the pool. Well, maybe it doesn't seem mad to an American who knows how huge the country is, but certainly for British people living in our small cramped island, it's Unthinkable that we could test a nuclear weapon on our own soil. But America, like the Soviets of course, had enough 
space, space, space to conduct nuclear tests in their own country without, so the argument went, affecting any civilians. So the testing site for Priscilla and for so many other tests was in Nevada, out in the desert on huge, vast and flat stretches of land. You want your testing ground to be flat, of course, so there's nothing to impede the nuclear blast. You don't want it artificially constrained by hills. You want that horror to run free so you can measure every last drop of its monstrous power. As well as testing a bomb's power and yield, scientists, of course, also had to test what it would do to buildings, bunkers, military hardware, houses and, yes, people. And so the huge sandy expanse of the test site was littered with strange structures built just for testing. Houses would be built, for example, and mannequins placed inside. One might be positioned at the window and another be out in the garden. One might have heavy clothing on and another wearing a light summer dress. And then after the blast, scientists could gather up the bits and pieces, the charred and sizzled dummies, and see what the bombs had done. Did the heavy clothing protect the arms? That mannequin behind the window, is he now slashed and pockmarked with flying glass? Did curtains offer any protection? Did that pile of newspapers in the front room go up in flames? So much on the testing ground was built, blown up, measured, resurrected, blown up again, singed and sizzled and scrutinised. But a mannequin, of course, can only tell you so much. Yes, if you sit it by the window, you can see what flying glass might do in a nuclear blast. You can measure how near or far a house has to be in order to escape the worst. And you can work out which fabrics might shield the skin from burns. But you can't test the skin itself. You can't see what blast injuries do to soft, exposed skin. What the thermal flash does to soft, exposed skin. And what radiation burns do. Mannequins, after all, will look smooth and bland throughout all the horror. You need a living thing to test. And so they got little pigs. The Nevada test site took delivery of over 1,000 pigs for the plum bob tests. The animals were specifically bred for military use and were purchased from farmers out in Missouri. They were then transported to Nevada and gathered into a series of pig pens at the test site, where they were very well looked after. In fact, they were so pampered that the pens became known on the site as the Pork Sheraton. The pigs were able to enjoy their stay at the Pork Sheraton until the day came when they had to check out and go to the testing ground. Now, these pigs took part in a number of tests, not just Priscilla. For example, the Encore test saw some of the pigs dressed in military uniforms before being exposed to the nuclear flash. 
This would help scientists learn which fabrics would offer the best protection to soldiers on the atomic battlefield. This, of course, was back in the day when we were still considering such things as battlefields, nuclear weapons, kidding ourselves that you could perhaps lob a few little tactical nukes around on a battlefield without escalating the affair into all-out, world-ending nuclear war. So the pigs chosen for the encore test were wearing uniforms. Um, I assume they weren't given little trousers and jackets. They were probably just draped in certain types of cloth. The uniformed pigs were then slid inside what looked like aluminium barrels or tubes out on the test site. And they were trapped inside those barrels when the bomb went off. These uh, pig barrels were located between 2,000 and 9,000 feet from Ground Zero. Of course, you wouldn't put your pigs at Ground Zero because they would simply vanish, they'd be vaporised. You want them to at least survive so you can carry out your tests. So they were placed from between two and 9,000 feet. And this was so they could then drag the pigs from the barrels at the end of the test and see how they had fared. How badly burned were the poor blighters who were closest to Ground Zero, the ones who were just 2,000 feet away? Did their fabric offer much protection? There is a small mercy in all of this, in that a Nevada test site document detailing the Encore test describes the pigs as having been anaesthetised. I certainly hope so. I'll play you a clip here from a US military film about the Priscilla test. It's on YouTube. If you want to see it, search for Operation Plumbob Military Effects. You'll hear the narrator describing the biomedical experiments on the pigs in a very bland and cool voice. But the footage she's narrating is actually horrible to watch. As he talks, we see scientists in white hazmat suits and masks approaching the barrels and pulling the pigs out after the tests. And the pigs who uh, don't look anaesthetised are struggling and kicking and the scientists drag them out by the legs haul them across the sand and heave them up onto trucks. It looks ugly, it looks painful, and it looks chaotic. On DOD shop Priscilla, 710 pigs were stationed at overpressure ranges of 10 to 1.4 PSI in an arrangement to obtain a wide selection of combinations of radiation, thermal, and mechanical injury effects. The four midline stations were glass-fronted, to serve as missile sources to obtain wounds for medical and surgical treatment evaluation. So we heard there that the pigs and Priscilla were there to serve as missile sources to obtain wounds for medical and surgical treatment evaluation. In the film, the pigs are seen being herded in behind glass screens. The flash occurs and we see them scatter in fright. They try to run, they, they charge around, but where can they run to? They're penned in. Then comes the blast wave a few seconds afterwards, and the camera at this point mercifully is engulfed in dust. We can't see the pigs being hit by the blast wave. Here is the narrator again to describe what happened to them in the aftermath of the test. After the fury of the Priscilla burst had spent itself, 
a round-the-clock operation was set in motion, beginning with biomedical teams hurrying in to recover the animals. Of the group exposed within the precursor range, the primary cause of death was mechanical injury to the organisms due to translation. The mortality rate, nearly 100%, can be applied to man. Outside the precursor, those animals in the open which escaped total missile injury survived temporarily until the massive radiation they received took its fatal toll. Flying glass fragments did not significantly influence overall mortality. In the range where missiles produced a considerable number of wounds, most of the animals received lethal doses of radiation. Many in this group also received serious thermal burns. Due to the small number of survivors with the desired thoracic and abdominal wounds, evaluation of the medical and surgical treatment phase of the experiment did not produce conclusive results. No conclusive results. The pigs were forced to check out of the luxurious pork sheridan, don their uniforms, get blasted and burned, glassed and irradiated, and with not much to show for their trouble. Not much left, but a whole bunch of dead, contaminated pigs. What was the point, then, of the Priscilla test? It was to evaluate a nuclear weapons' effects on military equipment and structures. To get as much information as they could, the scientists and technicians at Priscilla had 34 different projects on the go, only one of which involved our guests at the Port Sheraton. This made Priscilla one of the largest nuclear effects tests ever conducted. The bomb itself was detonated, not on the ground, but it was suspended in the air, hanging from a huge balloon 700 feet off the ground. You'll know, of course, that the bomb would have to be suspended above ground, because to have it detonated as it touched the ground would make it a ground burst, would create a huge crater in the earth, and all of the dust and earth of that crater would be sucked up into the mushroom cloud, to be later sent back down to Earth as fallout. Given that we're in Nevada and are close to populated areas, we of course don't want that. We want to minimise fallout. We want an air burst. So Priscilla was detonated as she dangled from a balloon. Nonetheless, reports say that Priscilla still did produce fallout in western and southern Utah. One of the reasons, of course, why... Atmospheric nuclear testing, above-ground nuclear testing, was eventually banned and testing was forced to move underground. Well, my new Radio 4 listeners, I hope you haven't been too horrified and I hope you'll stay with Atomic Hobo. There's a huge back catalogue if you want to work your way through the archive and some of the episodes actually have some black humour in them. Remember, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Julie A. McDowell. I'm on Facebook as Nuclear Britain or get me through my website, juliemcdowell.com. And if you want to support the podcast with a donation each month, please take a look at my Patreon page, which you'll find at patreon.com forward slash Atomic Hobo. Thank you everyone for listening, and I'll be back next week.